One of the main objections that I started to receive when I kind of made my adult uh, acceptance of Jesus and the Catholic Church, I was about 20 or so in college, and I was just on fire in, in love with Jesus and the Catholic Church. And I would wear this little cross, and it would provoke sometimes conversation with people I would meet at parties or my own friends or whatever. And one of the biggest objections that I would receive in those days was if the Catholic Church is so good, then why do they spend all this money in their churches? And they, they put their money into gold-plated gold tabernacles and uh, ciborium and chalices and all the marble sanctuaries, the art that are in the churches, and they put all this money into the churches when it doesn't matter how a church looks because the church is not the physical church, it's the people. And the Vatican is like this dragon, you know, they would frame it this way, it's like this dragon hoarding wealth and all of, in the, you know, the Vatican Museum and all this money and power that the Vatican has accumulated over all these years and, and they just, they, they stand over it and they guard it. Instead of giving it to the poor and following through with their mission as they should. Now, they ignored the fact that the Catholic Church actually is the, the highest uh, giving charitable organization in the entire world. Um, a lot of people don't know that, but keep that in mind if somebody brings this up. But more importantly, this gospel passage and what we read at the beginning of this, this gospel passage, right before Jesus' passion, at the very uh, onset of these holy days, Jesus himself answers this objection. It's the same, same exact objection that we hear today. Jesus himself responds. When he was at Bethany reclining at table, this woman came forward with the alabaster jar of perfumed oil. It was very costly. She broke it and poured it on his head. And there was a great anger among those present. Could have been sold for more than 300 days' wages. This is very expensive oil. And, you know, we think 300 days' wages, we're thinking maybe $50,000, $40,000 in today's money. Those wages should have gone to the poor and they were infuriated. Jesus said, let her alone. Why do you make trouble for her? She has done a good thing for me. The poor you will always have with, with you, you will not always have me. I think the misunderstanding here is really actually pretty deep. 
It's a misunderstanding of what it means to be a human being. What is a human being? St. Augustine's famous quote sheds some light on one of the deepest truths of our, our humanity. This is one of those quotes that, that is very helpful to have seared into our minds because it speaks such profound truth. And it's probably the greatest quote outside of the scriptures. You have made us for yourself, O God. You have made us for yourself, and our hearts are restless until they find their rest in you. You have made us for yourself. That's what we're made for. We're made for you. And we're restless until we find ourselves perfectly in you and in union with you. To worship God is the greatest possible human activity. To worship God is the greatest, most profitable, and fruitful of human activity. There's nothing better that anyone in this church could be doing right now than what exactly what you are doing right now. What we are doing, uniting ourselves to God, anointing the Lord at his feet in this church where he meets and heaven and earth come together. There is no greater activity than to worship God. And if our worship of God is off, if God is not the highest thing in our lives, then everything else is going to be off. And so I'm, I've been listening to this, this uh, iconographer, this orthodox iconographer, and he's, he's really interesting. He talks about worship as attention. He talks about worship as attention. And so he, he says, look, that which needs to be given the greatest attention is that which is the greatest. And so we understand that God is not just another being in creation. God is the very foundation of reality. He is at the bottom of everything. He kind of holds all of existence in together in his very being. He is that which desires ultimate attention. And so this, this, this iconographer talks about attention. Worship is that which we, which we spend our attention and we point our attention. And so 
if your attention is off in different ways or if it's, if it's misfocused or distracted, you're going to start to see all of these issues in your life. And so there's a hierarchy of attention for us as human beings. Certain things come first. Certain things come second. Certain things come third. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Put all of your relational effort there, first and foremost. And then love your neighbor as yourself. And then everything else. And so we might think about this particular Gospel passage where the highest thing that those around Jesus reclining with him at, at, at supper, the highest priority for them in their minds is the poor. And so, so they're thinking that this is a major misstep because we're using all this money for the wrong thing. They're putting the poor at the top of the hierarchy. The poor has a very high place on the hierarchy for us as disciples of Jesus. It's a very high priority. It is not the highest. And so when the poor is at the top of the hierarchy over the worship of God, things start to get off balance. You might see something like communism or, or some other system because it throws everything out of whack in the, the attention hierarchy. The thing about just kind of a, probably a common example is when we put our family as the top thing in life. So if we, if, we, if we give that energy that is meant for God, that relational energy that is meant to find its place in God and worship, if that goes towards our spouse and our children, those relationships are going to start to get disordered. And maybe our kids, we put too much pressure on our kids or on our spouse to fulfill our own happiness. And that's something that only God can do. And so things start to get out of whack. And so as we begin today, which is the beginning of Holy Week, Palm Sunday, we start to turn our attention. We move our eyes and our heart towards Jerusalem and towards these most precious days of the year for us. Holy Week is at the center of the entire year for us as Catholics. And the three days at the center of Holy Week, what we call the Easter Triduum, Holy Thursday, Good Friday, Holy Saturday with, with the Vigil. Those days are at the very heart of the mysteries that we enter into as people who worship God and throw ourselves before Him like Mary did in today's Gospel and anoint Him. And so, I want to encourage especially 
uh, young families, but all of us here, to really consider attending the Triduum Masses. And it might be a tall order to, to maybe go to all, all of them, especially the vigil, which starts late and goes long. It's absolutely beautiful. But maybe that's a lot for, for the little guys. But Holy Thursday, or Good Friday, we have Holy Thursday here at 7, which is the beautiful memorial of the Lord's Supper when he began and instituted the Mass where he washed the disciples' feet and where he instituted the priesthood. He shared his very self in a deeper way. Or on Good Friday, which is at 3 o'clock. And I had the privilege when I was uh, a boy to always go to, to Holy Thursday and, and uh, Good Friday. My mom would always take me. And she'd take my sisters. and We'd all go together. My dad would come on, on Good Friday. And those forms of worship, of being with God, of entering into the mysteries, they sear themselves in a very beautiful and profound way into the mind of a young person. You start to see the world in a different way, in a perspective that is helpful and that satisfies our humanity. Jesus, help us our hierarchy of attention to be properly ordered. Help us to put first things first, second things second, and third things third. Please help our relationship with you to be our top priority. Help us to recognize that our lives are not about ourselves and that others are the second priority in our lives and then everything else. Help us to enter deeply into the mysteries of this Holy Week. Help this to be a very grace-filled and an overflowing amount of grace that we all receive as we enter into these mysteries of worship, into this intimacy with you and with the Father. Please, Lord, bless these holy days for us. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. And let us take a few moments in a silent prayer to listen to and speak with the Lord in our hearts.